The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Reaction Time. It's been a while. It's been a couple weeks. We had a duel canceled, a snowstorm. You you skied. I cross country skied. You cross country skied to Utah Valley. Then we had the bye week. I feel like we haven't sat and talked wrestling in like a month. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's good to get back. I'm gonna say, but we're back. And I'm back with my latest purchase from eBay. Where's the camera? Look at this thing. This uh this is courtesy of Alex Gukin. Shout out to Gukin. Mm-hmm. He loves to spend his day, probably not <laughs> as much as he used to now that he's a dad of twins. Um, but I told him if you see anything wrestling related, I don't care who who the team is, just send it. And he found this this beautiful thing. I um, what's the word when you count? I counter offered to the eBay person. <laughs> I've never bought anything <laughs> off eBay. If you can't tell, he the person I should say he I don't know who it is. Like the price they had it at, if I'd paid it, it'd be like fifty sixty dollars. And mm. I was like, I'm not doing that. So I counter and it ended up only being like thirty bucks. Nice a steal. Nice. So. Don't mind me being huge Homer with this classic Buggle logo. Is that what he's called? Um, that's the the spinny side. Yeah. Um, punching side. Aiden. Yeah, I, I don't always say spinny side. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's my favorite one, so had to wear it for the pod. Big week, big week for Iowa State. Um, but yeah, we're back. Things are back. The snow is melting. Iowa State's for now. Go- yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. Iowa State's going to hit the road uh, to the state of Oklahoma for their last trip, road road trip trip of the season, which is insanity. When I read that, when David said it, Mm -hmm. I was like, what the heck? But we're going to start off strong here. Um, New gambling investigation information came out this week. We've obviously not, we haven't really talked about it too much on the pod, but yesterday we had media availability with Kevin Dresser. And we got over six minutes mm-hmm. of gambling talk. So for context, earlier this week, if you don't know, Inia Wazirike, former Iowa State football player, was drafted, went to the NFL, was caught up in the gambling investigation. Any has a lawyer who has been working ruthlessly on mm-hmm. this. And I think has been a big savior for a lot of those student oh, yeah. athletes. And they uncovered essentially that some of the investigation that kind of started all of this where student athletes were caught gambling under fake names at facil- at certain sports facilities on campus was done illegally. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of information. I recommend you go to like Keith Murphy's tweet. He does yes. a great job of copy pasting the information direct from the lawyers. I'm not going to go into all of that. So I just suggest go to Twitter. Agreed. Um, I put it up on the front page of Cyclone Fanatic where I linked to both of his tweets. The first one kind of outlines what Innie's lawyer discovered. I think it was like Monday or maybe Friday uh, last week. I think it was Monday. Okay. I mean, they might have discovered it before, but it was released on Monday. And then um, because of that information, Pinero Johnson, Mm -hmm. that's our guy here, why we're talking about this. Pinero Johnson, Iowa State's 149 pounder, right? He wrestles 157 now, like, but he was um, 149 back when he was um, attached. Yeah, he's wrestling unattached this year. So he was the more notorious name for the wrestling team. But Dresser confirmed 
this week that there were several guys involved, but Panera was the notorious name. He had a high dollar. I can't remember the number right now, so I'm not even going to try and make it up. Um, his lawyers are now, you know, they're making a fight for it because, you know, they're saying this stuff was done illegally. Panera does not deserve this, um, these charges, whatever's going on. Like mm -hmm. I said, go to Keith Murphy's tweet. A lot of legal jargon that we're just going to link you there. But like I said, we spoke with Kevin Dresser yesterday and he gave us six minutes of very candid conversation about it. And he gave us a bunch of details. So first off, I quoted it in my tweet because I thought it was interesting when he first got asked by Randy Peterson from the register, which what a day for Eli to be not able to make it to availability. Yep. Um, he said, I've had to bite my tongue for a long time. I've almost chewed it off. Mm -hmm. He made jokes, half jokes, I should say, because it's not they're not lies about how Nick Juice, the gosh, what is his official title? He's, he's in the Iowa State Athletic Department, but I don't know what his official title is. Kevin Dresser's boss, essentially. Essentially, yep. Who makes sure Dresser isn't going too unhinged in his <laughs> interviews. And Dresser said that he has had, has been reprimanded a few times, just told like, hey, we need to chill out. But yesterday he gave us a lot of information. So some of the highlights that I put in my personal tweet was he talked about the day that this all went down. He shared with us the way that the team has an unwritten rule that mm -hmm. if anything happens, anything illegal, doesn't matter what it is, Dresser wants to be the first one they call. He wants to be able to be in front of it before his boss, before anyone in the media, before Jamie Pollard. Like, he just wants to be the first person to know what's going on, which, fair, you're the head coach, these are your guys. And so he said it was a Monday morning in May, according to the court documents, that he started getting all the calls from Panero. It sounded like Woodley, and he said three to four others. Yep. So there's there are quite a few, and we had talked about that, how Panero was the only starter we knew of, and that confirmed that. But basically what he said is the guys called him and said, hey, there's this guy here who's saying he can take my phone. He has a piece of paper that says he can take it. If Like, a, like we said, if you go to the official document or Keith Murphy's tweet, in, the, in that information it was said that there wasn't – ever really what is it fair to say legal warrants to start with right so there was no they started with no legal warrants yep. like there was not a warrant to have these people searched they obtained information to get warrants seemingly illegally allegedly illegally yeah um i do think it's important to note that neither me or jackie or lawyers or know all that much about the law so yep. we are basically recapping um, recapping <laughs> what has happened to our best knowledge um so they were, to my knowledge, served warrants, but yep. those warrants were obtained sort of under false pretenses. Um, so while I think under normal circumstances, those warrants would have been probably fine, um, the way that they were obtained because they started the search without a warrant um, is interesting to say the least. And again, if a lawyer is listening to this, please educate me because um, yeah, for sure. one thing that I... I've been curious about, and one thing I asked Dresser about is the first thing Dresser said to those wrestlers once the guy told them to hand over their phones is Dresser said, let's get a lawyer and let's see what we can do about this. So I immediately asked the follow-up question of, so were they able to get a lawyer before their phones were taken? And they were not. They did not have a right to a lawyer. I don't know if that's normal in a search warrant or if that's not normal in a search warrant. Um, my assumption would have been that you get a lawyer or right. you can have one. 
Um, but that didn't happen. So if there's a lawyer talking or listening to this and you do know, please let me know because that's one thing that I'm just like, that seems a little bit sketchy. I could see it either way, but right. um, yeah, that's one thing. It's like, oh boy, interesting. They took phones without letting them talk to a lawyer first. So yeah. Um, and Dresser yeah. said they kept the phones for a week. Yep. They kept them for a week. So that was one of the things he shared, which he had never talked about what all of that looked like. So it is very interesting how that all went down. And then we talked about Panera Johnson, which we haven't really done. Um, it's just been kind of one of those things that's been just kind of like the elephant in the room. Um, I've spoken to Panero just kind of off to the side at a few duels, and he seemed to be trying to stay in high spirits. But the quote that I pulled was, Dresser said, it's a good thing that Panero has thick skin and he's been through what he's been through in his life because there were some dark days for him. And I believe it. I mean, Panero, if you know him, if you follow him, if you saw how he did last season, like he has a huge personality. Mm -hmm. If we joke about how younger thinks he's like the best, no, Panero Johnson screamed it on the top of Hilton Coliseum that he was the best. Like he has a huge personality he won a Big 12 title as a freshman. Like, he was on top of the world. And then to have all of that kind of come crumbling down when all of this started, because then, you know, he wasn't able to compete. I'm sure NIL deals kind of dwindled. Mm -hmm. And now you're stuck wrestling unattached. And I'd shared this before. He's now at 157. Just because what Panero shared with me was that coach didn't want him to be focusing too hard on, like, cutting weight or training too hard because of it and just focus on being on the mat, wrestle your matches, get your wins. So I feel like that's probably what a way dresser tried to support him, right? Like mm -hmm. keep his mind focused and at least keep him in the wrestling room um, when dealing with this. So, and then the other thing that I noted was he said, sure, we want to beat the university of Iowa, but what happened to those seniors at Iowa, they shouldn't have had their careers then like that. So Cassiope, the heavyweight for Iowa, and then Nelson Brands. What weight is Nelson? He was at 74. Okay, I was like, I can't remember off the top of my head. And Nelson's been very vocal about the entire thing on Twitter, if you go follow and sure has. read through his tweets. Um, so yeah, Dresser was just really candid. He was just open about how he doesn't excuse what happened. Like, he doesn't excuse that the rule was broken. That's yep. clearly, like, that line's in the sand, right? Like, we all have acknowledged that they shouldn't have been doing it but now it's like okay it's one thing to say they shouldn't have been doing it but then completely going about it in what sounds like a legal mm -hmm. approach to it and so dresser was very vocal about how he does hope these athletes get justice mm -hmm. and that they you know take it to iowa put up a fight and it that seems like what's going to happen it does so i mean other takeaways you had from what dresser had to say yeah, I mean, we covered most of it just now. Um, he, one thing, one notable thing that he said is he wants heads to roll in Des Moines. What heads are those? I'm not sure. Yeah. I think we can probably deduce and draw some lines and arrows and be like, all right, that's probably one of them. Yeah. Um, the other thing that he wanted to um, emphasize was that the state right now in the two, um, the two cases that are being brought up are, they seem to be wanting to put it on a fall guy. Um, whether that's Brian Sanger or Troy Nelson, the two that have been named most mm -hmm. in both of these, um, I'm not sure. Troy Nelson was named twice, once in Ennies and once in Panero. So it might be they're trying to go after Troy Nelson. Um, but I think Brian Sanger was obviously named very heavily in any Wazariques. So um, 
I think Dresser was heavily indicating that he believes it's much bigger than one or two rogue agents that decided to do this for fun, mm -hmm. which that's when you read Ennis stuff, it almost seemed like Brian Sanger was doing it for fun. Like he was just poking around the computer, drawing a couple geofences and seeing what he could find out, mm -hmm. um, which is a very casual and callous way to go about your job, especially for governor, government official. So uh, if he just on that front, if that's what he's doing, but that's besides the point. Um, I am interested to see as more and more of these um, legal cases come out and as any's lawyer goes deeper and as Panero's lawyer go deeper, because this isn't the end of it. This is probably more of the beginning. I say this is the start. Um, what more comes out? Because I agree with Dresser. I don't think it's one or two guys just having fun. I think um, if they didn't have a direction to do this, then that's shame on their supervisor because that means their supervisor wasn't supervising them and they were ignorant to it all. And if they did um, say, hey, go do this, find out what you can, well, then that's illegal too. So um, there's the state's in some trouble. Um, us who live in Iowa will be on the hook for yeah, probably a pretty good chunk of change. Any Wazirike is going to have very, very provable damages in the millions. Yeah. Um, so... I, unless something crazy happens, we, the taxpayers, will be paying any Wazirike millions of dollars. Um, student athletes, it's going to be a little bit harder. They're going to have provable damages. It's going to be harder to nail down exactly what those are. Um, obviously, like Jackie said, loss <clears throat> of NIL and things like that. That's a very real thing. Um, some guys maybe lost a scholarship, um, loss of opportunity. So there's going to be things where um, it's it'll likely cost the state millions. And um, if all of these things are proven, right, all of right. these things have to be proven. But um, it's currently, we'll see how it all plays out, but currently not looking great for the state. And it is looking very good for the student athletes in terms of that, which is good. I, as annoying as it is to pay for the state's mistakes, um, I, in, the, in this case, I mean, if justice is being served, I'm happy to help with that justice. So, yeah. I feel like when I look at this situation, and I saw people arguing about this on Twitter, what's going to happen in the investigation is very separate from what the NCAA Very did. separate, yes. Like, it's not like, hypothetically speaking, let's, and again, legal proceedings we see take a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't going to suddenly be like, oh, they were wrong. Okay, Panier Johnson is now not in trouble, and the NCAA is going to give him that year back. Like, not that's, a chance. That, that's not what's happening. Zero percent chance. At this point, these athletes are just, you know, fighting for their rights for the ones who are being charged. Like Paniero specifically, he was, he was, or is charged being charged felony. As I say, you'd have to go back and look, and which is he something still is being charged as a felon. Which is something Dresser brought up. It's like. They broke a rule, but then you go and look and how these guys are now being painted in, in all of this, right? Like mm -hmm. like you said, Paniero's now being charged as a felon, you know? Mm -hmm. So this is all, yeah, I just want to make it very clear that the NCAA probably isn't going to change their rules now. They did that already. Yeah, there's, I don't think there's a probably. There's a, I think there's a 0% chance that any of these guys get any <laughs> other eligibility back. That will yeah. not happen. Like Dressel said, they broke the rule. They served the punishment. Yep. That's already happened. The NCAA, that stuff's done and over with. Right now, it's all legal stuff. Yep. So that's that is that was something I was thinking. I was like, I want to make that point. So there's just no point in discussing like eligibility, getting that time back. It's just not going to happen. Mm -mm. And it is what it is. They did their time, but so now it's all legal, and it's a matter of like for any, for example, his pro career's done. Yep. So like he has a lot of damages to go after, and Pinero has to go right for his 
fight for his name, right? Mm -hmm. So it's I think it's gonna be a really long one. I think I definitely will say it's it as always refreshing to have dresser as who we're covering because he just kind of gives it to us like it is and he doesn't really hold back hope he didn't get in trouble not too much trouble yeah he he gave himself a four um on a scale of one to ten yesterday in terms (laughs) of how much trouble he might be in so (laughs) i think he feels pretty good about it no and i i think it's important to be transparent and i think it's good that he was um i think i saw some people saying it shows his relationship with the team which is true Mm -hmm. i feel like there were certain conversations that were had about other athletes where there weren't as honest conversations with their coaches and I'm not even talking necessarily about Iowa State. I'm just talking in general for mm-hmm. anyone tries to point fingers or <laughs> try and guess what I'm referencing. But like, I do think that my takeaway from that was it is a very positive sign of how close this team is, right? Because we only see when they walk out the tunnel and we watch them get coached and then that's it. And mm-hmm. then whatever dresser says during the week. So it is, I think if you're a fan and this is your head coach for your favorite team, I think it's a positive to see how how much this team trusts each other, right? So it was it was an interesting press conference. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to know what was going through Andy's head. Andy's <laughs> SID for you guys, if you don't know that, we've talked about him before, but I was wondering, just because I remember years ago when we interviewed Dresser and I asked him something and he said shit. And sorry, Aiden, <laughs> now he has to add an explicit tag. Um, but I remember right as we got done with Dresser, Brad was like, gosh, because <laughs> he knew he was gonna get uh dresser in trouble for saying saying a swear word in the video i was obviously going to share so yeah but check out the video i have it on the front page i also tweeted it i'm sure there will be plenty more to come uh again i'll plug keith murphy again he didn't mm-hmm. ask me to do this <laughs> i'm just he does a good job at it I always retweet his stuff because I just can't keep up with the legal side of things. That is well above my head, unfortunately. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. And honestly, I would be so curious to know what's going through Panero's head. Mm-hmm. Um, especially just given that he's in the state. Like, I don't think he has any family here. I don't think so. So, yeah, Dresser's, Dresser's his guy. So, yeah. But any final thoughts on the gambling? No final thoughts on the gambling. It's yeah, just like you said, it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. And in a, I I say thankfully because it's one guy, right? It's an important guy. Panera is important. He's a key guy to the lineup last season. But thankfully, Iowa State managed. If they were gonna be hit, they got hit in a very soft way compared to like Iowa, who lost Nelson and lost Cassiope, which I'm still heartbroken about Cassiope. But neither here nor there. So. As updates come, we'll try to share them, but that's what we got this week. So, like I yep. said, six minutes. That's a long, long, long interview. It was. I don't even know how much Tom Brands gave at his. It looked like two minutes and about 40 seconds. Yep. And you can go listen to that if you want. Um, it is, in my opinion, much less good. More <laughs> bad would be another way to say that than dressers. As He just didn't. He went after the wrong people. Just so, angry. Yeah. Mm. He's just mad to be mad. So, um yeah, no, Dresser, I thought, handled himself well. He Might he get in a little bit of trouble? Yes. Um, I think Randy asked him afterward if he's worried <laughs> about the trouble he might get in, and Dresser just looked up and laughed at him and said no. So um, he's not going to get in any serious trouble at all. He might be told to be like, hey, let's maybe use this word instead of that word, but, like, he's going to be fine. So, um, yeah. Other things from availability, though. Um, Casey Swiderski, sounds like he's going to be back. Yeah, stop panicking, people. So, 
<laughs> he should be back. Um, they are going to bring Zach Redding too. So if you see an or on the lineup sheet, that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Zach Redding wrestles against Oklahoma as mm-hmm. first he is Oklahoma State. That. But um, it sounds like unless there's a setback between Friday and Tuesday when we talk to Jesser, Sorderski should be back in the lineup. So I think that's great. Well, and you'll be listening to this podcast Thursday morning. So the team will probably already be on a bus. Yes, they will. So, yep. no, but that's exciting. I'm excited. It sounds like the break, extended break, mm-hmm. was good for the team uh, to get back to health. They feel great, it sounds like. So I'm excited. They are headed to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's on Friday. Oklahoma State's on Saturday. They are Big 12 duels. Mm-hmm. So they'll be on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. You don't have to worry about wonky, difficult <laughs> streaming. Just turn on ESPN+. Plus. I feel like everyone has to have ESPN+, Plus at this point. If you're an Iowa State fan, you you have it, for so, sure. But um, other things from availability before we dive into that. Something that I thought was really interesting after, I think, was it after you redirected the conversation? Yep. We yep. looked back at wrestling. Number one, we talked about Younger Bastida, your favorite wrestler mm-hmm. in the lineup. Um, we... I asked Coach this question, actually. I asked him about managing Younger's personality, right? He's this explosive monster on the mat, which is awesome. It's why we love him. And I asked him, like, how do you manage that? Because in the past, Coach had made comments like, oh, yeah, we got to keep him from getting his head too big, especially when they would go to Oklahoma State Mm -hmm. back in the day when our good pal AJ Ferrari was in the lineup. Yep. Um, well, and, and just to redirect this in case some people <laughs> don't know, the first, I think it might have been like the first dual meet yeah. um, Younger Bastida ever wrestled, <laughs> first or second, he wrestled AJ Ferrari, and they got themselves in a position where AJ Ferrari <laughs> grabbed Younger Bastida's manhood, very obviously, and Younger opened his legs, pointed to it, and it's like, <laughs> ref, what's going on here? And then that's when AJ let go of it. So if, Yeah. For context. Younger and AJ, probably not best <laughs> friends, even though AJ might like want to be. So Well, and so I asked Coach, like, how are you managing it now, right? Like, he's obviously dominant this season. He's winning. He's comfortable. He's gaining or maintaining weight, mm-hmm. sounds like. 240. Um, so, and he said it's actually the opposite. He said that Younger has a tendency to get a little complacent in matches where he's very clearly favored, he's going to win, he's going to dominate. So Dresser said that he'll literally have to, like, talk trash to him, like, (laughs) tell him he sucks or something before he goes out there to get his, like, head, like, all right, get in there, be angry, be dominant. Like, what were some of the other things he said? Like, oh, you're... You're not conditioned enough? Not conditioned enough, not good enough on bottom, I think, was one of them. Um, Not eating right, I think, was (laughs) one of them. Very wrestling things. Yep, yep. And we then got younger at availability, and I think Rob asked him about it, like, oh, yeah. And he was like, yeah, he has has to, like, talk trash to me a little bit to get me amped up. But I thought that was so interesting because in my head, I'm like, how do we keep him, like, rallied up? Like, how do we keep him in a cage without breaking it? But it sounds like Dresser was, again, candid and said, like, yeah, I've learned a lot on how to coach him better this season, which, again, Mm -hmm. that's so interesting to me. So just such an interesting dynamic with uh, Younger's progress and how much he's grown and how dominant he is and how much him and Dresser are still learning what works best for them. And I th- I think that's really great because you, you guys will listen to a conversation that will get brought up when we have Seth on the podcast here in a few, but how he talked about how John Smith needed to kind of learn to adapt to new things, mm-hmm. right? 
Well, I feel like Dresser and the way he's learned to coach younger, it's that, right? He's adapting. He's learning how to adapt to his guys. And I thought that was really interesting. So that was my, that was the thing we should have brought up. Anything yep. else? I think that's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we said, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Uh, ben and I were lucky enough to get um, an Oklahoma wrestler, our good pal Seth, if you um, have Never heard of him, Seth Duckworth, um, Seth underscore Duckworth on Twitter. He does a fantastic job of covering um, Oklahoma sports. He covers high school and college now for Oklahoma Wrestle. And he joined us to talk all things Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. He gives great perspective about the growth of the programs. Both programs had a lot of off-season, I don't know what the word is, coaching changes, shifts. So he gave a lot of great insight. It's a lot of fun, and I hope you guys enjoy it. And if you're a Big 12 fan, I totally recommend following Seth. He's very knowledgeable and keeps up a lot with just all of the things happening in Oklahoma. So any final, any any thoughts, Ben, before we transition? Nope, I think that's it. Well, in the words of Kevin Dresser, we'll let you guys listen to us talk about John Smith, who is a badass. <laughs> that is exactly what Kevin Dresser said, so... Yeah, we'll have Seth on next. We are now joined by our good friend Seth, who currently works for O Russell, Oklahoma Russell, covering, uh, I almost said Iowa, Oklahoma high school <laughs> wrestling and college wrestling. Seth, welcome to the pod. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be on. Yeah, of course. We are, this is my favorite weekend when it comes to Big 12 um missouri's a second but i just well i guess i can't say that you and i can't forget you i was and gonna I. say what about you and <laughs> but I, so. I do love the oklahomas i think there's just a special rivalry with the whole you know long-term big 12 aspect of it um so i'm pumped um looking ahead will number one will you be at the duels i uh, should be I, i'm kind of uh all over the place there's some high school stuff i'm gonna go to and i, I i'm not 100 sure i'm gonna hit both of them but but yeah i'll definitely be uh one or the other but the unique thing is i know like you guys are iowa state but you and i will be here too mm -hmm. and so um i i don't there's like can't decide if i'm going to norman or stillwater or, you know where it'll be and then like i obviously again there's high school stuff all weekend so uh we'll kind of see how it all plays out but i should be at least at at least at iowa state osu for sure so nice because how long have you covered the college programs so yeah uh that's kind of how i broke into wrestling media so to speak i kind of was in a similar i guess role or whatever except for i didn't take pictures like you jackie <laughs> but um but like you know i was the oklahoma state beat writer for uh pistols firing which is a is kind of similar to what you guys i mean very very similar to what you guys are but for oklahoma state where you know it's all sports but but i was the wrestling guy and at one point they um put out a, an ad or whatever i guess that they were trying to hire a wrestling person because most of their their folks were were you know i don't know traditional football basketball whatever and and uh they didn't really know wrestling so they wanted a guy that knew it and understood mm -hmm. it and i'd never done any like i was a finance major in college my my day job i'm in the military and so that's what i do for a living and so i like nothing to do with journalism nothing anything like that but uh but i thought you know i i i've wrestled in high school and and knew the sport well i'd always been a big oklahoma state fan and i'd give it a decided to give it a shot applied and and now it's been seven years later i've been doing uh wrestling stuff but first uh, really the first six years i was still working for pistols firing but then about two years three two and a half years ago three years ago um 
a guy that had basically started a Missouri wrestling site, started uh, Oklahoma high school wrestling site. And it's similar to what you guys know up there is IA wrestle. It's, yep. it's basically the exact same thing. And I was kind of, you know, I was like, you know, I might try this and see what I think or whatever. And I applied, you know, got to talk to him, started doing it and sort of turned my focus to just that site over a little bit of time and, and, and quit pistols firing and I'm doing high school, college, everything uh, across the state of Oklahoma right now. So uh, it's been a blast. I, I love it. It's, it's kind of challenging. And I mean, I know you guys know, but like mixing it with your regular job and all that stuff and family and life, but, uh, but I love it. It's, it's been, it's been a blast, but yeah, about seven years total doing it. Honestly, more power to you. When I'm like sitting at my desk and some high school kid decides to commit, I'm like, gosh, dang it. Like I got eight different things going on. I got a meeting. Like I don't have time. So honestly, props to you for covering the entire state. I don't think I could do it. No, I, I really I don't think I could. I got yeah, it's, focused. <laughs> it's a challenge. Definitely. Like I, I feel spread out a lot. And, and last year I kind of kept it. I, I, I was crazy enough to take on pistols firing and then i did the big 12 for intermat and and a wrestle and i was like man and i kind of hit my wall and so i settled in <laughs> mm -hmm. like and i love all the people at intermat i love all the people at pistols firing but i just kind of was like man i need to focus on one thing and, and draw mm -hmm. it back a little bit but i still it, it, i have those moments too but but, but I, I i overall it's been great so. awesome well you've obviously been around both programs for a long time I would love to hear from you, you know, starting with Oklahoma, obviously they went through the adversity of the coaching changes, you know, guys leaving. How have you seen them bounce back? And really, you know, what are your thoughts on them going up into this matchup against Iowa State? Yeah, that I mean, that, that's that been, you know, the story of the season. They uh, last year, they got a uh, wholesale change in the coaching staff. Not too long after uh, the NCAA tournament, they fired or I, I think he stepped down, but he, we all know what that means. Um, Lou Rosselli, who had been the coach for a couple of years. And then there was a pretty long job search and it was, I, it was, I, I mean, I, I was a little bit critical of it personally. And I, I thought like there was a lot of weird things that happened. They kind of had at one point had um, made an offer to, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, but he's at North Carolina now, but he was at Stanford. Oh, yep. Um, had originally came from Cornell. Uh, and and they were kind of like hosting him and very hard going after him. He basically turned them down. And then they kind of had like a mix of a couple other people that they were looking pretty solid at, but they, you know, nothing ever materialized with it. And then um, Ultimately, it comes that they they end up hiring Roger Kish from North Dakota State, who'd had some success up there, and I think is a good hire. Ultimately, I do think like he, he's a good coach. I I've been able to meet with him and and do you know a lot of. I actually live in Stillwater, so my um, commuting to Norman for every media day and a little bit and all those things is a little bit challenging in every duel. But you know, I've been to four or five of them and got to talk to him enough to I, I do kind of believe in what he's doing I do think he's a good coach I think they got and ultimately got a good hire but the story there with that whatever I don't know two months I think it was where they were dragging out the hiring process and they didn't have anybody 
really manning the ship. They had Tion Ware, and I mean, they still had some. They didn't hadn't fired their assistant staff, but some of them, I, I don't know. You know, they kind of were in limbo and didn't know what that was going to happen with them. So I don't think they were really working to hold on to recruits and different things like that. And even if they were, you know, only one of them, Tion Ware, was the only one that stayed around as an assistant, but, uh, but ultimately that's where, I mean, with a transport portal, they lost a lot of guys. They lost like half the ro- starting roster from last season, but, um, but, but Kish comes back in and, you know, or gets hired, excuse me, comes in and has to make some quick, you know, quick transport portal moves, some quick, uh, decisions on a lot of different things. You know, I mean, even recruit a little bit because there was a little bit of window there that they could get uh, some guys on the team. And I think he did a pretty good job considering all that, you know, like he, that he was just so late in the game to being even able to, you know, start recruiting and get those guys out of the transfer portal. Cause a lot of them were already getting picked up. They got mm-hmm. a one twenty five out of, uh, uh, he'd actually is originally from Texas and had been, um, I believe at West Virginia or something like that. And, uh, he's a freshman. He's pretty solid. He's been in and out of the top 25, but, but he's decent. Uh, they got their one sixty five Carlson. They had a couple guys that they, um, uh, Hoos, which was from Buffalo, he was and, and him and Carlson were both kind of set up to transfer to North Dakota State. So he was able to kind of peel them over uh, with him as, you know, he already had those relationships established and stuff. But uh, he put together a, a decent roster and one that I think is not too far off of what they had last year. You know, not much tremendously better, but not really you don't really look at it and go, OK, like these guys are much worse than what they had last year, much different or whatever. So ultimately considering all the things and, and the, the process, how long it took to hire him and everything, I think they got put together a decent roster. You know, they've took some lumps, they've lost some duels and stuff like that. But, you know, even with transfers and some of his guys he's brought in and everything like that, it does take some time. And, you know, I, I, I don't know that they're ready to challenge Iowa state this year uh, with what Iowa state has, but I do think they're going to wrestle competitively. They're, they're going to go down there and scrap. They're, they're well coached. They are pretty hard nosed style. And uh, like I say, I, I think he put together a good roster, a good, you know, he brought most of his staff from North Dakota state. He kept Tion Ware here who was, uh, had been at Wyoming and then came to OU. He's kind of a, a local legend here. He's a uh, two-time national champ at OU. Uh, but, uh, they, they've been good. I, I I don't know that they're ready to challenge Iowa State, but I think, again, considering all the things and new coaching staff, get a late hire, late to get into, you know, peeling people out of the transfer portal, I think they've done a pretty good job. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it'll be a challenge to definitely with Iowa State this season. For sure. Given what happened in the offseason, I've been impressed by what I've seen from Oklahoma this year because I didn't even expect them to be this good <laughs> given every everyone that left and – I liked Kish at North Dakota State. I was like, all right, that's probably a good hire in the long term. But I wasn't sure what was going to happen, and especially at 197 with Stephen Buchanan. He just transferred in from Wyoming. Does he stay? Obviously, he did, and ranked number two in the country right now. How important was it for Kish to keep Buchanan? Oh, massively. I mean, you know, you've got a a surefire All-American and a guy that could win a national title and and all the things. And I, I, I that was a really interesting one to me because, I mean, the staff – so the the story there, I guess, is, is, is Tion Ware again, who I mentioned earlier, was an assistant at Wyoming, came back to his alma mater OU. He's from Edmund North, which is thirty minutes away from Norman, um, 
and and basically Buchanan followed him. But there was kind of a lot of uncertainty. Is like, is Tion even staying? I mean, at least from a fan standpoint. I mean, maybe they knew the whole time. I don't really know. But uh, they, it was like, are they getting rid of the whole staff? Are they, you know, what are the, what's going to happen here? And uh, Tion did end up staying. And 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 during that whole year, you know, Buchanan came over like mid semester, mid, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. beginning of semester last year. So he had, he could have easily just left, you know, cause he never even competed for OU. Right. Uh, but yeah. yeah. And, and he hung around and I mean, I, you know, you talked to some of the kids, like there was, I think I, I want to say Heinzelman, maybe their heavyweight was one I talked to and he's like a through and through OU guy. Like he, you know, was born and raised OU fan and, and all those things. And, uh, I don't think he was one that you would ever, it would ever hesitate to leave, but it, you know, he's kind of like, well, we didn't really know. Like, I didn't know who's going to, they were going to hire. I didn't know, you know, so we were kind of just all in limbo sitting there and you, you, you know, like I, I know Heidelman's not going to leave like mm-hmm. a guy that's that, that connected to the school and everything, but you kind of worry about those guys that aren't from Oklahoma, aren't from, you know, this area aren't like, again, transfer that came here and hadn't even wrestled yet, but, but they held on to him. And, and that was a huge one. That was a pivotal, pivotal one. Cause I mean, that's been, and, and obviously Rosselli was who hired T on originally and who brought uh, Buchanan here, but that's kind of been his rap sheet, so to speak. And that, that's what, I, I mean, I'm not saying that is exactly what led to him getting fired, but they weren't putting out a whole lot of all Americans. They weren't putting out, I mean, they weren't mm-hmm. winning any national titles. They would, you know, get a couple NCAA qualifiers. And one year they did tie OSU and won the Big 12 and everything. But uh, but they were really kind of needing – I mean, they, that's something that their brand was missing, so to speak, is, is guys that can win national titles. And Buchanan's one of those guys. And uh, so, yeah, it's massive for that program to still have him. And uh, especially, you know, in this first year of of, uh, of a new regime with Kish. So. Yeah. I was definitely rooting, rooting for Stephen Buchanan to just look towards Ames. I was too a little bit. Once, <laughs> once uh, Roselli got fired slash stepped down, it's like, oh boy, is there a way that we can get Buchanan to Ames? So like, I definitely has anyone had my call, eye on Has that. anyone called it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah, mean, honestly, I was scared that they weren't going to have a wrestling program anymore. Uh, like, I was worried that it, they were just going to dismantle it and call it a day. Going to the SEC? And, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean there were... Sp- I, I don't know enough like inside knowledge at, yep. at, at OU with, with what was going, but like I said, they're going to SEC. SEC doesn't have wrestling. You know, Missouri had that weird transition period where 10, whatever it was about 10 years, the big 12 wouldn't let them back in for wrestling. And then, you know, it, it actually worked out pretty well for them. Cause I mean, look, they're about as strong as they've ever been right now, but, um, but there, there was a lot of sort of buzz and rumors and, and things like that. And it, it's crazy to me because I, I, you know, I, when I look at it on the surface, they got seven national titles in wrestling. I mean, that's more than they got in football. Yeah. Or being the same, I guess, same number of titles they have in football. Uh, you know, they, Danny Hodge is mm-hmm. the, the, the Heisman of wrestling is named yep. after their guy. And, um, you know, Dave Schultz, Mark Schultz, like all these big, like big, big names in the sport and all these things. But, you know, I mean, it, we know what, I mean, I, as much as I love wrestling and covering wrestling, mm-hmm. it's not like a, it's not the, it doesn't make money for the university. It doesn't have all these big things about it. And, and OU really, a lot of, a lot of the support has sort of dwindled, I guess. And there was, you know, people seeing, uh, things like that. I, I think there was some concern that that was going to happen. I do think if it would have got to a point that the 
athletic directors would have said something like that they would have you know people would have stepped up and yeah. probably put some money into it and and i think there were a lot been a, a big outcry but uh but ultimately you know i, I mean I, I don't know how serious those talks <laughs> were i do know when it happened like when uh roselli was when roselli stepped down they uh they had kind of a period where the athletic director did come out and say yeah we're not we're not dropping wrestling or anything like that we do plan mm-hmm. on keeping it as we go so he did come out with a statement and say that uh but but there were there were definitely rumors floating around and things like that and i don't know how true there were or anything else because again I, I know the athletic director definitely said uh that that you know they, they were here to stay but who knows <laughs> so yeah i think the fact that the athletic director had to say that is a little bit of the concerning part because like if yeah. you're secure in it i don't know that you need to say it so the fact that he needed to say it i think is like oh boy and they have kept it great i love it um but i don't i don't know i don't love that they had to say it so yeah um glad they did though for sure well, and then you have Oklahoma State, where they didn't necessarily have a boring offseason either. Was John Smith going to retire or not? And then all the craziness in that one-week span of the staff changes with the assistant leaving and then who they brought in and stuff. How have you seen their season? I mean, they're back in the top five, which is great for the Big 12. Um, talk about them and how you've seen them bounce back from that. Or not really bounce back. I don't know if I'd say they necessarily fell off because of the staff changes. Yeah, I mean, you I, I would say this is probably at least definitely since I've been covering wrestling in Oklahoma, as far as colleges go wildest off season <laughs> yeah. in, in the history of the sport. I mean, maybe, <laughs> I mean, I can think you, you could maybe some of the Ferrari stuff and all those things going on there. You could mm-hmm. rank that up there, but as far as like coaching changes and all that stuff, that's, it's been pretty insane. And, um, you know, I, last year they did have last year. I mean, if you really look at the history of wrestling back in like the, you know, early 1900s or whatever, there were only maybe 20 programs or something like that. And then, you know, in the seventies, they had something like 200 and then it kind of dropped back down and the numbers have been up and down and stuff like that. But as far as actual finishes at the NCAA tournament last year was the worst finish in the history of Oklahoma state wrestling. And, you know, I, it was kind of hilarious. I mean, I, I, it's it's crazy to talk about because it's like you know <laughs> yeah. person's job or whatever but we we were doing the post tournament wrap up with john smith and we somebody asked uh you know is uh do you think you're coming back are you retired or whatever and like i can't remember what the exact quote was but he is well i plan to but they may can my ass and oh, so he basically I was like i mean he really like it was it's out there and, you know you think about it, like John Smith, six world titles and, you know, five national titles as a coach, local state. It's really, I, I think if there, a lot of things didn't change that it would have been to that point or whatever, but, um, but ultimately the, you know, the move they make in the coaching hire this off season was Coleman Scott, who was the head coach at North Carolina. Um, he comes over uh, as an assistant and there's nothing and, and you couldn't, get this out of either John or Coleman, if you ask him, but they won't say come out right, right out and say like the plan is for Coleman to take over these, the assistant mm-hmm. coach or I mean, as the a future head coach. But, uh, but you know, the writing's on the wall. I think that's right. the plan and that's clearly what they kind of agreed to. And, and at least in kind, and I'm sure there is like, you know, I don't think there's anything written saying that obviously, but I think they're basically going to kind of see, the athletic director will see how this thing plays out over 
this season and how it's played out so far and how maybe the next couple of years go or whatever. And then they'll make that transition as long as it continues to be successful. But, but ultimately, you know, last year they were, again, they're the worst NCAA mm-hmm. tournament finish in the history of the program. And right now they're, you know, they're ranked about fifth, but the coaching staff change is, is a big story, but really what I think they, managed to do is they changed just a lot of the ways they do things and i think i you know i i love john like I, john's really always been good to me and nice enough to me as far as media stuff and i mean you run into him at a grocery store he's you know plays with my kid and he's, he's like really really genuinely a nice guy but at least from the standpoint that i've seen you know there's different i don't know if you're a competitor with him or something maybe you got a different right. story there but um but he so with that he like it's still you got you got to succeed i mean you got to win you know what i mean and and you can't there's all these things that it's got to happen quick if you're in that scenario where you finish the worst in the oklahoma state wrestling history at the ncaa tournament so what beyond just the coaching staff changes they did really quickly was they adjusted to the transfer portal and i don't think john was doing anything with the transfer portal up till that um you know they really just like it was just like we're building our guys we're sticking with them mm-hmm. and probably a little bit of stubbornness and the old school way of doing things and it, you know it wasn't working so they they went to the transfer portal they got a new 125 they got a new 141 they got a new positive like there, there's a little bit of story of, uh, with 149 they there's kind of a they're wrestling for the job right now i think um but he's sammy alvarez and jordan williams are are kind of going at it for the job alvarez has started the last couple matches and i assume will start versus iowa state uh but he's big he's a transfer portal guy from rutgers uh they had uh, 165 who now uh, that guy's linick is having an incredible year he lost match a couple weeks ago but a while back he finished ahead of david carr at uh mm-hmm. what was that reno or uh but uh they really kind of have worked the transfer portal and did that and i think that's been as much as i do think coleman scott's doing a good job and i think he's been a boost to the program that's been a big lift for him and i think they're doing a little bit more with nil stuff to to kind of pull some of those guys in too out of the portal and recruit and all those different things so those have been the three big shifts in the off season for oklahoma state and it's kind of again like just the same as we've seen a completely new roster for ou it's a it's a new roster for oklahoma state too there's mm-hmm. uh, five six new starters and uh, and the guys that are back you know dayton fix dustin plot there's there's pretty say, good guys back <laughs> yeah so so the, they the way they've reworked that and kind of recreated that is it's it's worked you know it's it's improved them a lot i i think they match up pretty well with iowa state if you look at it and you know i I don't know. What's weird to me is my personal thought is I don't think Oklahoma State beats Iowa State in a tournament. I don't think know that they would beat them at the Big Twelves. They, I mean, they got kind of got weren't even close at uh, at Reno and and when Iowa State won and they were I think like fifth or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but in a duel, I think they could win. And then just because they match up well, but then I kind of favor Iowa State in a tournament format at either the Big Twelves or in Civil A's. But that's just you know my my thought, but. Yeah, I mean, I can see how you get there. For me, the marquee matchup this upcoming weekend is going to be David Carr versus Olenek. And yeah. for um, someone who hasn't followed Oklahoma State that closely and hasn't seen Olenek wrestle that much, can you tell us a little bit about what he brings to the table? Uh, yeah, he, he so he's, for those that don't really haven't followed him, he was an All-American in Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois excuse me, last year, and he 
came over from the transfer portal. Uh, good kid. Like he, he's, he's uh, probably, I want to say he's a fifth year with the COVID year, um, you know, and so he's probably 24, 25, kind of an older uh, college athlete, I guess, mm-hmm. so to speak. And uh, real mature when you talk to him, you can kind of tell, you know, you can read those kids that just have that mm-hmm. different, you know, they've been around for a little while. Uh, when we do the media availabilities and stuff like that, he's just really well-spoken. He's a coach's kid. He's from California originally. And uh, his dad was a high school coach and his high school coach, obviously. And I I, I think, you know, he, he didn't get looked at very much at a high school. I, it, or the, Northern Illinois was like one of his only offers. I want to say it's what he told us. And, uh, you know, it, he kind of blossomed and into a uh, – into an all-american but i do think he's he's jumped a little bit since coming to oklahoma state i mean he like we say he he won that tournament the car was in earlier i don't know how much how well they match up directly you know we we haven't seen that one yet but um he's long he's kind of a taller 165 Mm. he's uh i I don't know just really solid wrestler and and has had a, a a good good start i interestingly Oklahoma state and their coaching staff and, and all those things kind of have guys that wrestle around that way. Tyler Caldwell was, is one of the assistants. He was a 65, 74 in college. Uh, Chris Perry, same thing. He's a little bigger now, if you look at, but, uh, but he, the, the, those guys like competed around that way. So I think that kind of helps, you know, working with him in the room and that, that sort of thing. And we, you know, she was weirdly kind of always had success around that size with Perry and Caldwell. And then, uh, Alex Deeringer and you know they've just always had a lot of guys around that size so he's he's improved a lot he did take a loss a couple of weeks ago but uh but he was up to I want to say like two or three in the country yep. you know and that's a really really tough weight class at 165 yeah. so uh you know we'll, we'll see how uh, it's definitely you know the marquee matchup I I would guess they probably close the duel on that but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens you know so because I mean it's it's a tight enough duel that I think whoever you know they, they may pick a different weight just because they want to you know, see whatever they think benefits them the most. But I think if you're doing it from a spectator standpoint, you'd end the duel at 165. So agreed. I feel like they will. I mean, it sounds for me from over the years, I feel like Smith and Dresser would be good about being like, let's start that this, oh, yeah, this yeah, one and sure. on a high note. Mm-hmm. They're entertainers. <laughs> they are. Um, honestly, how old is Dayton Fix? How old is he? I so he did, I don't like this. Would be he did an Olympic red shirt as sophomore. Mm-hmm. I want to say he's twenty five or twenty six. He might have just turned twenty six. Yeah. So it's it's twenty five or twenty six. So I, yeah, <laughs> he's he's been around. Yeah, <laughs> and technically he could be taking an Olympic red shirt this year. So he could be wrestling next year if he wanted to. But he didn't. Obviously, didn't do that. But yeah, Crazy. you know, I feel like my body would be dead. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like there's just no way. I feel like when we um at Iowa State when they had Willie Mickless come in for his final year, he was what, twenty five? Yep. Um, and he was saying he's like, My body hurts, like I feel old. And the COVID years now obviously have changed the game and it's more common now to be twenty five in wrestling than it used to be, but my gosh, shout out to Dane Fix. I can't yeah, believe he's still wrestling. I, I think the way OSU's I mean, he was hurt for a little bit. And, uh, you know, I had to miss some matches because of that, but I do think, yeah, you know, I don't think, I don't, I don't, people that say like John Smith or Dayton fix would dodge people or something like that or, or not. It's mm-hmm. like, that's not either one of them style. That would never be right. a thing, but I do think there's something to 
like I, I talked about some of the things where where John kind of I think was was missing a little bit and, and maybe being a little bit old school about how he was doing things and transfer portal being a big one NIL being a big one. And I think wrestling guys a lot more than they probably should was another one. So mm. one the you know, the COVID year, the last year, they, the COVID year, they had a really good season. They put together like five or six all Americans finished third mm. in the country. And you know, it was a short, shortened season. They didn't wrestle a whole lot. And then the next year is like, I, I kind of feel like they were burning guys out a little bit and wrestling them too much. So I do think when Dayton was hurt, they, they took their time bringing him back and let him kind of slowly recover and stuff like that. And it's partially from the standpoint that John was seeing that, that, that that's maybe a mistake he was making and something they needed to adjust as a staff and how they were doing stuff, but also, like I said, he's 25, 26 years old. Your body, you know, isn't what it used to be or whatever at that point. And so maybe, maybe it was a little bit of that too, but you know, that's just my opinion. But I, I do think there's, they're, they're playing that game a little bit and realizing that, Hey, he is a little bit older, but I, I don't think, you know, a duel like Iowa state or Northern Iowa or whatever, they're not going to step back from that. So. Right. So once you kind of, you know, as someone who covers both programs, let's say it's Sunday morning, the duels have come and gone. What is the one thing you're looking for for each program? And it's not a win or loss. I'm talking just what would you like to have happen for both programs? Oh, I that's that's a tough question. Um, so I, I think with OU, I know you said not not one specific win or loss, I guess, but you, you kind of want to win any match you can. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, and that's cliche to say, obviously you want to win any ma- every yeah. match you can, but realistically you, I, I don't think with where OU is and, and all the things we were talking about earlier with, you know, the turnover and new coaching mm-hmm. staff and everything like that, you can't really expect OU to go out and beat Iowa state. It's, it's just yeah. being realistic about it or where they're at right now, but you want to see their guys that can win, win. And you want to see the guys that even in losses are, are competitive and keeping it close. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's, I think that's something that, that a lot of fans during the Roselli era were a little bit frustrated with, so to speak, Yeah. Be, you know, and I'll talk like when the, though you, I, I don't know if anybody that's listening to this has ever been actually in the Claskin field house, but it's the, the arena that OU wrestles in. And it's, it's not their big basketball arena. It's kind of smaller. It's maybe, you know, four or 5,000 people. And, uh, but it's a little more intimate. And if you're down there, like on the media side, you, you know, fans that know me and stuff and and whatever they'll come, you know, we'll, we'll talk wrestling, but a lot of them, their general take was like that under Rosella, you'd see OSH with OSH or with Bedlam, for example, they, they wrestle two duels. They wrestle a home one in Norman and then one in Stillwater every year. They've done it for like a hundred years. And last year, for example, OSU, it, it came down to the last match. It came down to uh, 197. They ended at 197. OSU gets a fall, and, you know, it's big. But it came down to whoever won that match was going to win the duel. Mm-hmm. And then they come to Stillwater at the end of the season, and it's, like, not even close. So you can see this progression in, in what OSU's guys are doing and getting better throughout the season. And then and even in a, kind of a, a bad year for OSU, you can see them make improvements. But OU kind of – a lot of their guys almost look worse and that's what mm-hmm. their general feeling was. So I say all that to say from an OU fan standpoint, you want to see improvement. You you don't want to see that. That's what you want to see out of your new regime is this 
coaching staff that builds up their guys that is seeing that is making them improve throughout the season. And so that's what I think you're looking for. And you want to see again, competitive matches where you can have competitive matches and then, you know, winning anything you can. And then, uh, you know, just wrestling hard in ones where you're maybe you're a little bit outgunned and, and, you know, the other team's favorite or whatever. So, mm-hmm. and then with OSU, I mean, you want to, <laughs> again, it's hard not to say win. like, yeah, you, you got, win. you want to win the duel. <laughs> I mean, cause it's really like, I, I, again, rankings and everything else, you're not the favorite and you know, you're, Oklahoma State wrestling, you got 34 national titles, and I know Iowa State's got a ton of history of their own, and you know seven national titles, and all you know Dan Gable, Kale Sanderson, all that good stuff. But like, if you're an Oklahoma State wrestling fan, you want to see this team, you know, get. I I think you can realistically go, hey, I, I want to see this team be better than the worst finish in, in program history, and that's mm-hmm. what what it was last year. And you want to see you know, improvements, you want to see a better team than you saw last year. So I, I you know, again, it's, it's kind of, it, it's not the same thing as OU and, and as far as the, the retooling of the staff and everything, you know, cause you, you really got to see this staff do something quick because Oklahoma state fans don't expect this team to, you know, Oklahoma state wrestling is not supposed to lose. You know, you, you want to see them. I don't think they expect them to beat Penn state this year or anything like that, but you want to see them really close the gap compared to where they were last year. And so being Iowa state, you know, puts you kind of at least number two in the big 12, I guess, you know, I mean, it doesn't really in tournament rankings and all those things, but it kind of elevates that status a little bit and gets you a little bit closer to at least where Missouri is. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, and, and kind of, saying hey like we can actually contend for a big 12 title this year and so i you know i I hate to say that (laughs) again i know know you said not to you know just say a win but but really i i think that's what you want to see from osu because you really want to see them kind of get back to where you know they need to be because you know the worst finishing program history is is not where you want to see oklahoma state if you're an oklahoma state fan so yeah, I mean, I see Iowa State and Oklahoma State in very similar situations right now. I mean, Iowa State might be a little bit ahead, but back when Dresser got hired, Iowa State was having the worst seasons in program history. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Jackson, who I like. I'm a big Kevin Jackson fan as a human, not a great wrestling, a head wrestling coach at least. Um, and now, I mean, we're seeing Iowa State back to top four team in the rankings. Um, no, and, and to see Iowa State compete with Missouri in the Big 12, for that title. I'd like to see Iowa state be a team trophy team at the end of the season. I think Oklahoma state's in a very similar spot in that regard. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I think wrestling needs that, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you have agreed. I, I don't know that. Uh, oh, you know, I, like we were, we we're kind of mentioning like the, the, it's maybe a little bit up in the air with what the heck was going to happen with OU wrestling mm-hmm. when they went to the sec, but this goes, these rivalries go all the way back to the big eight. You know, yeah. I mean, this is like hundreds of years of wrestling. I mean, long long time in wrestling iowa state and oklahoma state have are close to 100 but not hundreds of years <laughs> close to 100 years of wrestling between mm-hmm. these these rivals and stuff and um that's there's a lot to be said for that in the sport and you know how you can kind of build that up and how you can display that and again you know Kale Sanderson, Dan Gable, all the things that iowa state all the history at oklahoma state you want to see these programs contending for you know fighting for the big 12 title and in the contention for that. I mean, it's hard to argue that they should be beating Kale Sanderson. It's just crazy what he's done at mm-hmm. Penn state, but you shouldn't see them like they should be up there. It should be a, a three-way battle on Saturday night 
or I mean, on Sunday night mm -hmm. at the Big 12 tournament, coming yes. down to to Missouri, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, or OU, all four of those teams should be, you know, just fighting it out to to try to win that tournament, and every single one of them should be in the conversation for uh, for team trophies at the NCAA tournament as well, finishing in the top three. And I I think it's it's again, like you said. Dresser's done this incredible job of building back Iowa State after a rough couple years. Oklahoma State's still got largely the same staff except for Coleman. Um, but like you, you want to see it get to that. And I think that's, you know, that's what the fans want. Like, like, that's what the Big 12 needs. That's what Oklahoma State needs. That's what Iowa State needs. And and, and I, I that's what OU needs too, is for these to be really good, strong, like the old school rivalries that they were, mm -hmm. you know. It back in the all the way back to the 70s and 60s in, in uh in the old big eight and all those things so uh, i i hope we're getting there i think it's i think with osu and ou or excuse me osu and iowa state we pretty well are i think we're gonna have a really good duel this weekend mm -hmm. um you know i you know saturday night prime time you know it's all it's like it yeah. should be well attended the only thing i kind of have a little bit of a you know the saturday duels run into high school stuff so the mm -hmm. you have like all kids at tournaments and stuff like that. And they, it's hard for them to get away and then come and, and show up. So I, I hope it's well attended and all those things as well. And like I say, I hope we just have like a barn or like down the wire duel that, that yeah. you know, is exciting for fans and all those things. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. I think Oklahoma state being back in the top five, you know, the work they've done, the athletes they have, like you said, everything you just said, it's important. And I think the coaches would agree because why else would Dresser enjoy going down to Oklahoma and, you know, getting wins? They mean more when you get to beat a good team. So, yeah, yeah Saturday's going to be a good one. I think we share the same sentiments when it comes to Oklahoma that Iowa State will probably win. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I'm excited to see Stephen Buchanan. Haven't seen much of him, at least from what I've been watching, just because, like you said, hard to watch too much when you have so much other stuff going on. So, but... Yeah, and like I say, I, I I hope OU could just at least kind of keep it as competitive as possible, win those matches that they yeah. can win, you know, the toss-ups and different things, and make it again. You just kind of want to see that that angle of it is like they're improving, they're getting better, and then you feel good about you know the future of the program with the current staff and what they have going there. So awesome. Well, Seth, thank you so much for joining us. We are glad we could have you. You're mm -hmm. truly the smartest Oklahoma wrestling person we know. <laughs> um, so thank you for coming on and talking wrestling with us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. <laughs> of course. Well, guys, thanks for listening. It was super great having Seth on, our second guest of the season. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely learned a lot. Of, mm -hmm. about both programs i wish i could follow them more closely but um sounds like oklahoma's on the mend and i'm excited to see where they're gonna go i'm excited to see stephen buchanan mm -hmm. and i'm i agree with seth that i hope it is a barn burner with oklahoma state with iowa state obviously winning mm -hmm. better, yeah. to, better to cover a winning team <laughs> it is and he he said that he saw oklahoma state as potentially favorite in the dual meet uh, I think it probably comes down to 165, and I'd, I'm going to take David Carver, Isaac Olenek. Mm -hmm. That's just me. Uh, maybe he's taking Isaac. Maybe that's where he sees a difference. But um, I see Iowa State winning the dual meet. I think it's be really, really close. I do think yeah. it comes down to a match. Um, but, I mean, we'll see what happens. That's where the rest of the dual meets. It's going to be a good one. It's a fun weekend. It's good. It's good, as discussed, to have a healthy Big 12. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited that Oklahoma State is back up there. I'm excited John Smith is 
around and doing his thing. I'm a huge John Smith gal, except when he's being a psycho in the corner, because he is. <laughs> he is. He drives me nuts mm. at Big Dolls and NCAAs. So, but yeah, as always, guys, thanks for tuning in. Shout out to Fairways, always are. Uh, I lost my train of thought as I was saying it. But anyways, thank you to Fairway who consistently supports the sport of wrestling and is going to make it possible for us to be down in um, Kansas City. Mm -hmm. I had to think about that one. I keep thinking Tulsa. Thanks to my teachers at Tulsa. Anyways, guys, we'll be back next week to recap the weekend in Oklahoma and look ahead to West Virginia.